The jobs report came out, and as you're seeing throughout the media, big numbers, big numbers, uh, beating all the analysts' expectations. And and I was wondering, because I was going through some of the numbers here, um, is this also going to reflect millions of people who have gotten second and third time jobs, just as previous jobs reports have stated as well? There are at least 7 million people in this country who have a second and or third part-time job, and that's from the nonpartisan Bureau of Labor Statistics. Now, that's the 7 million or so that they know about. A question that will likely never be answered is, how many more millions are there who are struggling, trying to make ends meet in this extraordinarily inflationary time, And they're not telling anybody because it's under the table. Also, in the jobs report, who's hiring? Where are they getting these jobs, the full-time ones? Elaine Parker has been president of the Job Creators Network for 11 years now. And she has helped build relationships between large corporations as well as media outlets for many, many years. She's on today to talk about this latest jobs report. Click goes the button. Elaine, Rick, nice to meet you telephonically. Yeah, thanks for having me, Rick. I appreciate it. Yeah, so, uh, by the way, she's calling from beautiful Orlando, Florida. Isn't that right? I am. It's a beautiful day down here. It's actually not too bad up here, although chilly. So, jobs report. I was looking at this, and I thought, well, uh, where are some of the sectors that uh, people can find jobs today based upon this jobs report? Well, um, thanks for having me on again. Yeah. And, you know, when we look down at the jobs report, um, certainly the, the number came in very strong and it exceeded expectations. But you know what, Rick, these numbers, they, they don't matter to ordinary Americans because they're, Americans are still facing outrageous prices for groceries and gas and they're struggling to make ends meet. And when you dig down and you peel back that onion and you look at where job creation is actually happening, it continues to disproportionately happen in unproductive sectors like the government, um, quasi-government uh, positions like healthcare and social assistance. And those are taxpayer-funded positions. They're not happening in small businesses, and they're certainly not happening in big corporate America, which continues to shed jobs. They're always shedding jobs. It is small business where two-thirds of all new net jobs are created. And that is where the administration should be focused on creating policies that help them grow and prosper. And so the administration continues to talk about these economic reports, but they're not translating to everyday ordinary Americans. So what about uh, some other uh, areas? I see healthcare also was a factor for, uh, for people getting more jobs. Yeah, a lot of people, I mean, obviously healthcare jobs um, are, are, are good jobs. My daughter just graduated from nursing school, but many times those jobs are seen as quasi-government jobs because of the, um, the Medicare and Medicaid, and yeah. they're government-funded. So, so they fall into that quasi-government um, job. And But what you want to do is look at manufacturing. You want to look at small business and some of those sectors that are hiring, and that's where we need to see more jobs being created and small businesses right now are just unable to do that. One, they, the labor shortage is still out there. Um, and <clears throat> and these jobs, you know, like I said, they're, they're important, but we're not seeing the, the growth in high innovation and, and pro-growth jobs that the country needs to out-compete China, with China. What about this uh, participation rate, the non-participation rate? I've talked about this for many, many years through a couple of different presidential uh, 
administrations. And I think, you know, that's one of the big numbers. For example, here in Delaware, we have the highest unemployment rate in the Mid-Atlantic region, higher than the national average. And if you look at what we call the, the U6 numbers, these are the people, for those, uh, Elaine knows what this is, but for those of you who don't, uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics U6 number, That's those are people who are actively looking for a job, people who are not able to make enough money at their job, so they're looking for a second or third job, people who have given up looking for a job. Now, here in Delaware, it's about 40% of Delawareans are either not making enough money to make ends meet or just given up. Now, that high, the, the highest number for participation in Delaware has been 70% in the past. Right now, also around the country, just to average it out, around the country, it's about 40% ages, oh, I think it's, uh, was it 16 to uh, 64, I believe. is. I don't remember the, the range exactly. But of those working people, Elaine, like nearly 40% of them have just, given up or they can't they can't make ends meet and they're looking for jobs why what what's going on right now that that is affecting people in this way especially when we keep hearing the Biden administration and and the echo at MSNBC and CNN that hey the economy's great but people don't feel it yeah, i know well why do we have such a high number of people who have just either given up or can't find a job well the the labor participation rate um, is an interesting number and um, a lot of people don't really know uh, you know what that is but it is the percentage of people who are able-bodied and in the working age group that are out there working that are counted for those who are sitting on the sidelines um, and not looking for a job have given up uh, you know have left the workforce they're not counted and so when you look at bringing those numbers back in, the unemployment rate actually does go up when you count the people who have given up or on the sidelines um, like that. Um, it's been relatively flat. And what's important about it right now is it hasn't gotten back to pre-pandemic levels. So our labor force participation rate is um, still below what we were pre-pandemic. And, you know, we believe and, and we've seen this um, over the last few years is that many of the pandemic policies that paid people to stay home um, that came out of the Biden administration, it, they really killed the American work ethic. I mean, I, I don't have to, to go very far to talk to a small business owner. I've got one a manufacturer in Pennsylvania who talks to me about his hiring process all the time. And he's like, you know, I got 10 guys who, you know, who will show up for, you know, a line job and uh, or show up for the application process. 20 of them call, 10 of them show up. Um, I hire, you know, seven of them. The first day comes, three of them show up, one of them leaves by lunch. And by the end of the week, I've, I'm only down to one. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's a very sad process. But those are people who, you know, obviously wanted a job, need a job, um, but decided I don't, I don't want to do this job or I'm too good for it or, or whatever the case is. And, it, you know, it's, it's just it's tough. And as far as people who are having to get two jobs and second and third jobs, you know, the reality is we've got three years of compounded inflation. Um, and so while the rate of increase has slowed down, inflation is still increasing on us at twice the rate of what the Fed wants. And so um, wages have not kept up with that um, by far. You know, we've got goods and services up by and prices still elevated by as much as 20 percent. Well, wages over the last three years have not kept up with that. So people are falling further and farther behind. We're seeing credit card defaults. 
um, up 50% over last year. And credit card debt for consumers is at over a trillion dollars. I know. I Um, saw that the other day. And I thought, you know, because a guy called in and said, well, what's going on with the economy? We we had, uh, you know, record spending uh, at Christmas time. And I'm thinking, and maybe you can either confirm or say, no, Jensen, you're wrong, Elaine. But I'm thinking... Well, it's Christmas. you got to buy gifts. And so they went to the credit card. And now, just like you just said, debt is over a trillion dollars. You know, I think people can understand it this way. When I say that, for example, I support Israel, all right? I support Israel's right to exist, to defend themselves. I do not believe Israel needs 14 or now $18 billion because, in my opinion, they have more money than we do. Our debt, our national debt is 120% of our gross domestic product. For people listening, knowing that their expenses are 20% higher than their income, and I look at that credit card debt of over a trillion dollars, I think that's the way people can understand how creating money, you can call it printing if you like, but creating billions and billions of, of dollars just based upon the taxable authority of the U.S. government is putting us into a, such an incredible crisis, like saying in your family, your expenses are 20% higher than your income. Do, do do people, Elaine, even realize how similar those problems are and what they mean to us when it comes to being able to buy groceries, or in your case, uh, the extraordinarily overpriced women's business suits? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good, that's a good example. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Americans do recognize that, and I think that's why I, you know, I said earlier that the Biden administration continues talking about economic reports. It's not translating to Americans, and and you, you just look at the some of the polls. I mean, Biden's economic polling is a disaster. Um, Pew Research: only thirty six percent of people say Biden makes good decisions on economic policy. Financial Times, 14% say they're better, only 14% say they're better off financially than when Biden took office. And Fox News says 78% of Americans say they're worse off than just a year ago. Well, after three years of inflation, of compounding inflation, elevated prices, wages not keeping up, um, you know, insure, uh, mortgage rates and um, interest rates um, are, are, are at the highest level we've seen in decades. Uh, we've got a credit crunch within small businesses. Again, these are just numbers on a piece of paper that um, the administration continues to go around the country and just appear to be just completely tone deaf yeah. in telling the Americans, look at my numbers, look at my numbers. They're good. They're good. You should feel good. You should feel good. You're doing good. No one is believing this line. Exactly. And Joe Biden, uh, as a senator, he would always say, oh, you're going to talk about the kitchen table, kitchen table. Well, he's totally ignoring the kitchen table. And what about these young people who are graduating? You mentioned that uh, your daughter just graduated from nursing school. Did I get that right? Yes. Okay. Now, she gets a job. How could she afford to buy a house? Now, I know you can get a nice house about 20, uh, 22, 2400 square feet in Ocala, Ocala Florida for $340,000. Don't ask me why I know that. So <laughs> I know you're in Florida, but you can. And that seems to be fairly reasonable these days. But it's just impossible in most areas for for young people, even making a decent living, to be able to buy a home. So this is real world. Uh, you got a 7% interest rate in trying to buy a car where mom and dad 
I had like two or, or three. And you try to buy a home, that's uh, easily a 7% uh, interest rate, too. If you got bad credit, well, that car interest rate's going to go up even higher. And they're not seeing huge raises. In fact, uh, we're seeing cuts in jobs around the country and in some categories as well. Do the young people get it? I mean, you're talking to them. You're doing these. You're looking at these polls. Do the younger people, uh, younger than millennials, I mean, the Gen Zs and all that, do they understand what's going on and why it's happening? She does. I mean, she's certainly looking at her paycheck coming in and, and uh, you know, the net amount. It's it's a big shock. This is her first what she calls big girl job. And <laughs> um, and while it seemed like a good salary, um, there's a lot of things that are coming out of it. And in the end, you're looking at the average home price in America is about $400,000. Tell me how a new graduate is going to be able to afford something like that, even if they work for five years and try to save. And, and there's just, there's no way that these kids coming out of school and getting their first job can afford to buy a house. And so that American dream continues to get farther and farther away. And with mortgage rates as high as they are, it makes the housing even more out of reach. So what's the solution? I mean, you know, we saw this, uh, I want to throw another, another stat here. Um, well, before I ask you the question of what's the solution, we see the report saying wages have increased 4.5% over the past 12 months. Oh, that's nice. If inflation is at 17.4, I think it is, since January of 2021, groceries are up 20%, that 4.5% increase in wages still means you have a net loss in income compared to 2018, compared to 2019. So what's the solution, Elaine? Well, look, the, the only way to truly bring inflation under control is to and, and give Americans relief from, from these price hikes is to rein in the reckless government spending that has been bidding these prices up higher and higher. Unfortunately, on the left, the other side, they continue to want to spend and print money, and it ha- it's happening at all levels. You have to kind of look at the agenda of the entire party and and look at no matter who's at the top of that agenda, um, everybody under that person, under the president, is committed to that agenda, to reckless spending, which is causing the high inflation. And so you've got to look at the entire um, agenda of the party. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I'm going to interrupt right now. I'm going to interrupt right now and, yeah. and say, and because uh, I am a registered Republican, I live on sort of that libertarian side of the Republican Party. Uh, Thomas Massey, great uh, I'd like him to run for president. You know, Rand Paul, I think, is on the right side of so many arguments as well. So the Republicans, their weakness is, sure, they'll cut taxes, but they don't cut spending. And you got to cut spending. If you're going to do that, you have to cut the spending, and they don't. We still have this trillion-dollar boondoggle of the F-35 Lightning. Uh, That plane doesn't fly well, doesn't shoot well, but because you have... uh, yeah, people who work for these companies, these you know military-industrial complex, if you like, companies in every single representative district, uh, you can't just say, oh, well, uh, we're going to stop making this because whoever represents that area will get primaried because you have potential job loss. There's a lot of fear. I think there's a lot of fear in Congress, and they have to have the courage to actually cut some of this spending as well. That's my take. A hundred percent. And what you have to remember is what the definition of cutting spending in Washington is. That is reducing the amount of increase yeah. of spending. <laughs> Thank that you. That is their definition of cutting spending. And as long as Thank that's you. their definition, 
We will never cut spending. And Americans are getting smart to this. They need to involve themselves into the process and hold their elected officials accountable and understand that there will be some painful cuts. And it may it, it may affect, you know, it may be painful cuts for people. But if we don't do it now, our grandkids and our great grandkids are really going to suffer. I mean, this country cannot live on this kind of debt. It is unsustainable what we are doing. Well, I wish you luck, and I certainly hope that uh, you know you continue to have the strong voice amongst, uh, especially small business owners, people who see this happen every single day. You mentioned the employer up there in Pennsylvania. I know a lot of business owners here in the Wilmington area, Newcastle County, and some down in Southern Delaware as well. As well, I- I've talked to guys with uh, retail businesses. Just like you said, they'll hire three people, and by the end of the week, they're all gone because they say, wow, I didn't realize I would be carrying boxes of things, even though in the training interview you said we're going to be carrying boxes of things. Gee, this is hard work. You know, uh, I don't know about you, but I started working. I was like 12 years old, and then I was scraping barnacles off boats, doing teak work at the age of 15, all kinds of stuff. And to me, like what I do now, this isn't even work. This is just fun. But you got to get there somehow. And I, I just wonder if, I wonder how many young people actually understand that it's going to take a lot of hard work to get where you want to be. You can't just drop in and do it. And I don't know whose fault that is, but it seems to be happening. And I, w- I would love to talk to you again sometime. Elaine Parker, you are a truth teller and uh, president of the Job Creators Network for 11 years now. Thank you for being on. Thank you.